Welcome back to Major Combos. I'm your host, Corey Bowles. With me every episode, Matthew Tenkate. How are hey. we, sir? How you doing? Good, good. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we are going to talk about innovation and technology. And specifically, we're going to get into VR, virtual reality, and its impact on education specifically. Um, we're really fortunate to have Hayden here. Welcome, Hayden. Hey, thanks, guys. Hayden is the Director of Sales and Marketing at Next World VR. Yeah, Next World Virtual Reality. It's um, been in a really exciting journey the last couple of years. Um, got brought on with the company and it was in its uh, startup phase, early days, and um, seen a massive amount of growth over the last couple of years, which has been, yeah, really exciting. So a lot of hard work has gone into that. We've got a really good team behind us from uh, not only salespeople, but developers who create the software from scratch. Um, we leverage subject, subject matter experts from industry. Um, obviously, we've got a very big uh, focus on safety uh, within what we do. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we're really world leaders in, in what we're doing in this field, which is um, pretty remarkable when you think about it. Um, there's only a couple of other players out there globally that are really uh, stretching themselves out uh, like we are. Um, yep. So kind of the easiest way for your listeners to really think about what Next World does is that we're like the virtual, uh, sorry, the, the Netflix of virtual reality safety training. Like we've created this <laughs> library full of courses. Is there VR and chill? Or VR and chill. <laughs> <laughs> that's, we coming, don't, hey. that's coming. That's coming. There's money yeah. in that. That's, <laughs> that's the 2.0 up, upgrades. Yeah, so. there's, there's definitely something coming I see coming a, a cross cross opportunity there with only fans maybe <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stick to education today <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and there's probably education in that i'm sure absolutely That's, uh, so it, our, exp- PG. <laughs> our our experience with uh with vr and specifically next world and yourself hayden is that obviously um we're fortunate our business major training is engaged with you guys and mm-hmm. we've we have been now for 18 months or mm-hmm. so i'd say um primarily around some of our short course training yep safety stuff as you mentioned mm-hmm. but uh we've got a new project carter bus which is we've got a design and implementation of a whole new project around giving people the opportunity to go into the virtual world and drive a bus and see what that's like try not to kill anybody <laughs> but uh, well, the, the good thing about that is you can't kill anyone in vr so that's true that's uh, one of the, the good value adds of that i suppose and um yeah it's a it's a great project um you know, working in collaboration with uh, obviously Next World, Major Training, MEGT and Kinetic um, to come up with something, yeah, like a world first again Yeah. Um, on how we can... Ins- how do you know it's a world first? Do we have to fact check that? Like, you, you can <laughs> It's a big statement, it, you know, like... If you like. <laughs> Matt, major combos are the world first as well, yes. so, yeah, for, <laughs> for us. Yeah, we'll do a misinformation check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put a little disclaimer in. But no, you're right, it is, it is unique in that sense, isn't it? Like, yeah. something that's never been never been done before that's exciting in itself isn't it like we're kind of breaking down different barriers there which is pretty cool yeah absolutely so you can you you can really have a great opportunity for um students to jump into these virtual worlds to learn in a really different and unique way like they've never really seen before um you know i was chatting with one of the trainers and i said to him like um what's the best thing for us to focus on here you know we could go down so many different pathways of uh, what to teach, what to train, what sort of learning outcomes you're looking for, uh, what are the biggest common risks or safety implications that you know these bus drivers are faced with on a daily basis? Um, how can we teach and train in that way? 
And um, we've, we've selected a few different areas too, which are the top priority ones, which are yep. really important to address. But also looking at like, not only just trying to replicate what, what reality can do, we, we really need to ask the question like, what can VR provide that the real world can't, right? And I asked the, 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 the subject matter expert on that side, I said, well, what can we do here? And he said, you know, it's something we really are challenged with is, is conducting this training at nighttime. So it's like, how, right. okay, great. That's a good place to start. Like, well, well, what, what if we were to make a nighttime setting for this experience? And he said, yeah. perfect. That's great because there's a lot of additional things to consider in a nighttime experience that they don't necessarily get to do in, in the real world training. So yeah. it's about taking a bit of an outsider's outside look and going, let's think outside the box with how we approach training from now on. For sure. So I wanted to get into that more specifically too. And obviously that program is unique and, and um, excited about I guess where that's going to go with your current offerings, like frame up what that is now, mm -hmm. where it stands, I guess, you know, how far in you mentioned before as a startup, how, how far into that journey is next world now and, and its current offerings. Yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously with, with every software business, it's, it starts as a startup and then it goes through a bit of a, um, you know, development stage of minimum viable product and yeah. um, then into commercialization. We're into that commercialization phase right now. Um, so we're ramping up all of our activities globally, uh, which is really exciting. And we've just released uh, a new language pack literally today, <laughs> which cool. is great timing to chat about. Uh, and that'll cover 13 new languages. So it really allows us to be a truly global, scalable VR solution. That's cool. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing that we've undertaken at the moment, as well as, you know, throughout those those 13 new languages and regions that we need to enter into, there's a lot of different you know, safety nuances yeah. in different parts of the world that need to be considered. So we've built those also into those learning experiences too. Um, so yeah, I mentioned before we have like a Netflix library. Yep. So um, that library just continually expands over time and allows organizations to get started um, pretty easily and cheaply um, and, and get in and on board on doing some virtual reality training to supplement what they're already doing and enhance and enrich that that student learning experience with something special. Yeah. Just with that, like going into different language, I heard you say something like um, that different nuances in different places. Have you seen anything that surprised you when you, you've gone into different markets that are slightly different? I mean, you, everyone's normal assumption is everything's the same everywhere for yeah. safety, but it's not. Is, yeah. there, is there something that's jumped out at you that's different in a different market? Yeah, li little bits um, like OSHA standards uh, and all that type of stuff. Um, but I think the one of the, the biggest things is just the, the cultural sensitivities that we need to be mindful of. Um, you know, what people are wearing, for example, you know, needs to be considered. Um, things that you wouldn't have actually thought yeah. about. I wouldn't have thought about yeah. that. But yeah, it's a good You know, um, and it's, it's pretty, I guess, some... Um, common in Australia for uh, we've got a, uh, a an office hazards uh, experience and within the office uh, VR course uh, there's, there's a there's a lady in, in high heels you know not nothing sexist or anything like that but um, you can't have that in parts of the Middle East for example you know you just just can't do that so we need to make certain changes like that which initially we, we didn't don't really think much of it but when yeah. we go into testing they, they kind of go oh, actually we need to to change these things. So it's been an interesting learning curve like that too. Yeah, absolutely. So with, I guess, those listening that haven't had experience with VR and specifically, I guess we're talking about education um, and you guys have gone into that specifically, What, where do the benefits lie 
know, we've touched on it briefly, but mm. a bit more detail around where you think the benefits lie versus real world. Obviously, the safety part of the experience without like driving the bus and not killing someone. Yeah, yep. one that's very obvious. But what what are the other benefits? I guess that VR brings to the table. Yeah, again, it's really come back to that question of what can VR provide that reality can't. Yeah. Um, so we can gamify the learning experience. So we can make it fun. We can make a game out of it. What's that mean, though? Like, yeah, some people don't know what gamify means. Uh, ga- ga- gamification or gamify means to, to make a game out of the learning. Um, so by very nature, the, the learning experience within itself, although it's very, like, uh, full of detail and information, it still needs to be fun at the same time for the student yeah. to stay engaged. Um, so, so we very much make it really enjoyable for that student to, to navigate through the experience, to be uh, pick up certain objects, to interact, um, and it to be a really uh, engaging, holistic experience. So that's kind of like the first element of it um, from an educational perspective. The other part is that we can, we can measure different things as well. Uh, for, take fire extinguisher, for example. Uh, I might be the type of student that knows everything technically about a fire extinguisher, what type of chemical reacts with what type of fire, right? I might be A plus on that, yeah? But I, I, and from a, a cognitive understanding of that subject, I might be really high, yeah? Mm-hmm. But if you put me into a stressful situation, right, I might start to panic and yeah. I might not be able to react quick enough to go run across the room, grab that extinguisher and perform my task. Yeah. So we can see that then behaviour lets me down. My behaviours let me down from being truly competent. So within the virtuality landscape, because we are analysing all different types of metrics, such as not only cognitive but also behaviour, such as reaction times, all that type of stuff, because we can measure that, then your trainer can then look at that data and go, okay, like, is this student truly competent to yeah. to, to perform when they need to under pressure? Because that's the analytics that comes out of it too, which people wouldn't be aware of, is there's a lot of back-end analytics that comes within the, you know, the, the gamifying of it all. There's a lot of that that you can kind of pull from that paints a picture. Absolutely, I'm assuming there's there's also some benchmarking there around what you've you know seen previously and what's normal, what's not normal. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we we have the ability to to benchmark a lot of data across all all of our clients and industries. Yeah, to not only create a um, a benchmark for their 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 company or organization as a whole, and see where you fit amongst that. Are you falling? I can see short? a bit of competition coming into that. A hundred percent. That's part Matt of. Matt thinks he's pretty good with a fire <laughs> extinguisher. Yeah, <laughs> I'll beat you at anything. Oh, here we go. Let's not go down that path. <laughs> so yeah, you get absolutely. You got a bit of that like competitiveness yeah. around it, which is which is good, right? Like yeah. that, that's the game gamifying the fact that you can put it on the screen and view what other people are dealing with i think adds that element too right like someone watching you yeah. that's the intimidating part you know? yeah you don't want to fail in front you of don't want to fail. <laughs> it's on the screen you can record it it's being recorded yeah like that's yeah that's a little bit daunting i reckon yeah now the um it, there, there's so much you can do with it like the yeah. the, the the screen sharing element of it too is really exciting because you get that really um uh, good uh, interaction then with your trainer. It's not just a passive experience. Your trainer can sit back and yeah, really observe what that student's looking at, going through. The trainer can also take additional notes. Yeah. Um, other students can learn from what they're watching as well. So yeah, yeah. it can it can be quite you know an activity for the whole group. Yeah, you mentioned to me we spoke about this the other week, but um, 
you also mentioned around the costs of stuff. Like mm-hmm. obviously real, like even the fire, fire extinguisher one is, mm. is one example, but there are plenty others where it's a costly thing to simulate a particular environment. And that's where VR could step in and provide that at a much lower cost. You know, yeah. Low barrier to entry for those types of things. There's, there's a lot of those as well, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, when you think about um, the costs involved with, with setting up an environment, working at Heights Rig or a confined space rig um, for an RTO or an organisation themselves can be, can be you know, yeah, quite costly. Um, other, uh, other elements as well, such as like a forklift, um, only one student can train on one forklift at any one time. Again, you've got a limitation then on your physical asset uh, as you kind of would in a, on a working at Heights Rig or confined space too. So VR provides a way to, to scale out that utility as well because you've got it virtually so if you you, you've got a considerable you know um, cost saving advantage there through the through the digital environments Um, not only from the equipment or machinery or um, you know environment that you've set up but uh, also on saving on uh, wastage on fire extinguisher fluids or whatever it might be too so it's starting to really unlock some really interesting return on investment perspectives that are not necessarily super obvious when you first look at VR. And when you just sort of peel away the layers, you're like, actually, this is this is pretty cool. Like that we can we can do a lot more with this. Absolutely. I, I mean, I know when we made the decision to use it, it was like, well, we wanted to complement training that we were doing. Mm. We weren't replacing people sitting on the forklift 100%. or whatever the height stuff. It was to work in conjunction with the other stuff we were doing. Mm-hmm. And it it's I guess when we started with how we thought we were going to use it to where we're being we're using in environments where we can't take facilities into places mm. so it's been a great tool for that so that um you know that's a surprise to us which we weren't expecting when we first went on board with it mm. but it's been good and, we, and obviously we've expanded it into other courses and mm. other and, and obviously the offering with the bus stuff but you, you do you have it have you like have you got a like a really random request that you've had like a something that's been like really out of feel maybe from an RTO or maybe like you do a lot of direct to industry stuff as well, mm. like the out of left field that you developed for them. Yeah, we, we get, we get some uh, interesting requests from time to time. I mean, um, because the sky's the limit. Yeah, isn't yeah it? Like, exactly. Like, like how long is a piece of string? Like what do you want to create? We, virtual reality is a virtual reality. So we can create anything that you really want to. Matt's angling to see if he can just create something. Yeah. Himself, <laughs> just a here. game for Corey yeah. and I. Yeah. I'm, I'm still stuck on that point. Birthday present <laughs> coming up. Like We'll name it virtual convos and yeah, we'll have a, very, a virtual podcast. I won the last competition we had, so it's good. <laughs> no, but I think, I think you touched on something interesting there too, which was, um, you know, uh, understanding that VR is definitely not looking to replace traditional training. That's not its yeah. purpose. Um, we look at it as a paradigm shift in a blended learning approach. Yeah, you've still got your theoretical face-to-face training with a teacher-trainer. That's super valuable, super important for a very detailed analytical or uh, learning or storytelling or questions and answers back and forth to your trainer. Now, like VR can't replace that, right? Um, practical training, yeah, getting hands-on tactile jumping on a forklift for example and feeling what the controls are like on a forklift and the inertia of going around a corner and going you know putting a pallet up again nothing's going to replace that right Mm. and nor do we really want to replace those things in vr reality does a much better job of that yeah leave it for reality but it's like okay well 
what, what can we do in VR that reality can't? Well, we can put that student in an extremely hazardous situation with that forklift. Yeah. Right? Which you simply just can't do in reality. You can test the limits. Yeah. But you, you can't do that risky situation in reality because you literally put everyone around you, and including the student, in danger. So that's where it provides that, that additional value for organisations or RTOs to, to really look at this from a different perspective of, cool, let's, let's enhance and enrich our, our existing model to, to make it even better, to give the student yeah. a really awesome experience. So. Adding on from Matt's point though, like obviously we know how we used it and when we, you know, Matt's point, we adopted it, it's, it's probably grown, it's definitely grown legs since then and we're using it in different ways that we didn't expect. What... Can you provide other examples, like other mm. RTOs or other industry that's using it and how they're using it, yeah. how they're implementing it? Or like, What are some other examples? Of yeah, uh, absolutely. And we, we've obviously got our off-the-shelf uh, uh, library that gets yeah. a lot of utility. But it's also to look at like, okay, yes, we do do custom build courses as well. And a lot of our clients get a lot of value out of that. And the ways that we are working with uh, clients like Komatsu, for example, um, building uh, again another world first, but uh, a, a, an electric vehicle learning experience around um, EV safety. You know, yep. um, you, you can't if an EV has been involved in a major accident, you can't just put that vehicle on the back of a truck and put it into a uh, an internal combustion engine uh, vehicle repair shop. Uh, or mechanic, uh, you, you can't yeah. have a usual mechanic come and just pop the hood and, you know, s- stick his screw dr- screwdriver inside there. He'll literally get electrocuted. So <laughs> we, we, are, we are building now VR courses around this subject um, and, and developing these consequential learning outcomes for the student to say, okay, well, if you approach this vehicle in the wrong way, if you don't discharge it before you work on it, there's there's consequences for that, and you get to experience yep. those too. So the student has that very memorable. So you yeah. got you're gonna get to like PlayStation Shock controller, so that when they're oh, playing with the VR, yeah. it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna give them a shock or vibrate or do something to Just hook up a thousand volts to that <laughs> controller, and there'll be limitations to that. But I'm sh- there's definitely some Probably suing some going on there. Implications. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I guess. What about like? The limitations. What are the? Mm. What's the other side of that? Obviously, there's lots of benefits we just talked about, and not that I want to harp on any kind of limitations, but yep. there are some obvious ones. Like what? Where do you see that? I guess there are certain things that it's limited to, even just the technology as it stands, mm. and then where it's going. Like obviously, these things continue to evolve. What's what's the limitations now, and where do you see potentially some things going with it? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think like. Um, where we are in the VR uh, adoption trajectory yep. is, you know, we're, we're in that, that early stage of mass adoption. Um, and it's important to kind of touch on that first because um, a lot of people haven't done VR before, you know. So when they're coming in to try VR with, with, with us or, you know, any other you know, virtual reality product, it's, it's nine times out of ten it's their first go. You know, and for for an organization to adopt that on mass at scale across their whole organization can be quite challenging from a change management perspective. Because um, there's an educational piece. You know, this is how you turn it on. This is how you get inside. This is how you do the controls. This yeah. is what to expect. You know, um, 
so getting people comfortable and ready for it is our, uh, one of our challenges at the moment. Um, but we are working with those organisations. We, we do a lot of nurturing and hand-holding to, to help them through that change management right now. Um, but there's there's light, you know, in, on the horizon. I mean, we, we just saw uh, Apple uh, release to market uh, news on their new Vision Pro. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. Yeah. It's incredible. It looks like, it's a beautiful piece of technology. Um, but Will you guys use some of that or you... Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're at our core. We're They're hard. already talking to China now to see, yeah. if, can, <laughs> see if they can get some bits. <laughs> yeah, already got Apple HQ on the speed <laughs> dial ready to go. Um, but yeah, uh, we, um, we're, hard, we're hardware agnostic uh, at the core and we, we will make those changes when, when we can. But um, where I was going with that is that uh, it's a real big tick of approval for VR mm-hmm. as, a, as a real... Uh, thing that is coming to everybody's homes and yeah. um, everybody's workplaces. And, and it's exciting because that's not too far away. And like anything, what Apple does, when once they touch something, it just, you know, takes blows off. up and it takes yeah. off. And, um, you know, we're, we're in a really, we're really well positioned for that, that, that takeoff with, with our yeah. tech right now. So it was, it was, it was a point I was sort of going to ask you about, it, which is around that adoption in organizations mm. and you you did a session here once and i have my my kids here and you know we've got older more mature people who you know they're and it's an age thing i think you are all sensitive you want to know all the instruction before you get going and mm. whereas my you know, four-year-old's on there trying to walk through a wall you know like yep. like it was just she just but she kind of worked it out she wasn't needing all the instruction she was just so that that's obviously something that you have to spend a bit of time on getting people to understand Turning it on is one thing, but actually embracing to do yeah. it. Is there any like good things of how you bring that into organisations better better than you've seen it done elsewhere? Yeah, it's uh, yeah again another really good question. It it, it really um, really gets tied around a few different mechanisms. Um, the first is to have really good leadership within the organisation, and that starts with culture. To have an organisation that's ready for uh, innovation. Uh, change and is embracing that that's probably the first thing and then what you see is that trickles down to all different departments right so we work with sub uh, we work with uh, uh, super users what we call super users which are people within that organization they've got a little bit of tech savviness skills not not an incredible amount we just need someone who knows how to operate a computer and internet connection type thing that rules mad out yeah exactly Social wow, media I am here. Still <laughs> he started a poll on Facebook by trying to like someone's post. Yeah. That te- if that tells you anything. Fail miserably at it. <laughs> uh, we can move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we get an opportunity to take shots at each other, we, we tend to take them. So Absolutely. That's part of it. Yeah, part of the gig. Um, yeah, so we, we have the, those super users that are really key to drive that innovation yeah. and change. We just work really closely with them. Um, and then work really closely with the trainers as well uh, to bring them up to speed, to introduce them to the tech, um, overcome any uh, challenges that they might be facing or any questions. And once they are up to a point where they're like, yeah, guys, we've got this, we're, we're rocking and rolling, um, then we can just sort of take a st- little bit of a step back and just nurture from a distance. Has it been easy getting people to take it on? Like you just mentioned them working with trainers, working with people. Yeah. Like how, how's the uptake of it been? 
Has it been positive? Has it been slow? Like what's yeah, yeah. Look, most you know, mostly positive. You, you, you're always going to get the um, mm. the the odd trainer or uh, or he's definitely had some pushback. Yeah, hundred <laughs> There's some stories 100%, there. Hundred percent. But yeah, we want to hear one of the best. Yeah, we want to hear one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to get the grumpy trainer. Um, let, let's be honest. It's it, it, but, but you the, again to that point. You must have some that you've turned around. Like they yeah. initially they're a whole this won't work kind of thing. To actually, I can see how it doesn't replace me but it's yeah yeah it's it's definitely overcoming that first part of like hey this is to make your student this is not for you this is to this is not yeah, yeah this is not for you the train this is for your students to make their experience more special yeah mm. um you know and yeah like, like i was saying you, you're gonna have those those people that are uh reluctant to change but they're also the, the same people that are still on a nokia brick phone and won't cross across go across to a smartphone you yeah. know so they're, they're, they're always going to be stuck in their ways but again, that comes back to that good leadership within an organization, you know, to, to, to push it and say, hey, guys, like, we're, we're not going to um, be laggards with, with, with this change. We're going to lead the way with the change and be yeah. an example of, of, of good leadership in the organization. So, what about, I have to ask because it's um, my kids want VR at home for gaming, but is there like, what's the. You might not have all the information, so sorry to put you on the spot. But around like people using it and age, yep. you know, where are the is there rules around that now? Like I've heard a lot of conflicting information about certain age groups shouldn't be engaging with VR. Like, is there any of that? that uh, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Um, yep. I would just say, you know, use your common sense, really. Um, yeah. If, if put a, him on the spot there with that. Yeah. One. <laughs> if, a, if if a child's too young. Um, so like you children as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's just interesting because I wonder. Like, uh, it's funny because last week we had obviously had you here for our Carter bus launch, and yeah. we had people trialing. It, and there's a lady there that is afraid of heights, mm. and she was she genuinely was not enjoying it. Yeah, from the perspective. Oh, really? Of, yeah, yeah. I was talking to her afterwards. She enjoyed the the experience. Yeah, but not that part. Yeah, <laughs> like because it was enough to to make her brain feel like she was up high. Yep. And oh, wow. she started sweating and mm. yeah. And like legitimately. So like even that, you know, like there's obviously you mentioned it, apply a bit of common sense to it that if you, yeah, but I think that's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing that people discover um, that they're afraid of heights before she knew they go. And she knew going in, but yes. Yeah. yeah right. Like if you, if you're about to, <laughs> if you're about to do a working at heights ticket, yeah, you know, and, and go through the certification and, go and get the job and your, your company's invested 10 grand into you to, to do this. And then you realize that you're afraid of heights. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's important to recognize those things <laughs> early, you know, that's so a, to prepare yourself for, for, are you actually kind of a key part of be okay. I, went, I went on a balloon ride last week and uh, there was a couple there. The husband had got the wife of the president to go on the balloon ride, but she was frightened of heights. She actually <laughs> started to faint, like faint. So she had to sit down in the balloon. So, so one of those activities you probably don't, you know, you got to think through probably yeah. do a virtual reality experience before you decide to um, go and go up in a balloon that you feel very uh, vulnerable. And yeah. <laughs> but I think that, that like it, it, it really, uh, really speaks to the emotion that can be evoked from a VR experience. Yeah. Um, and well, that's, that's the, it's that's it's real enough, isn't it? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like it, it 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 can be as real. Like for, for your listeners who are, who haven't done VR before, it literally feels like you're in the room right here. Yeah. Um, experiencing 
reality, but it's just in a digital space. Yeah. Um, so the even though you know it's not real, your mind doesn't. You know, so so you very much experience all those emotions, such as vertigo, yeah. such as you know near misses or whatever the you know, that yeah. might be. Swerving out of the way if something comes at you on Ex- the screen. Exactly, and, yeah. yeah, and um, because those feel very real for the student, what we do from a learning perspective is we get great. You just felt something. Let's couple that with learning content. Yeah, right. So you've got a really strong emotional connection to that learning content and that care factor of why I should pay attention to my working at heights course with major training goes through the roof, right? Yep. And you get students that are much more engaged, that care a lot more about the subject, that are safer when they go out into the workforce because they've experienced those consequences and it's really powerful and it creates a long-term behavioral change um, that s- studies have proven that it, it, it's, it, it's done a really great job in that field. What industries are you guys working in at the moment? Yeah, so mainly high risk, yeah. So um, things from mining, metal, oil, gas, transportation, energy uh, in that or heavy machinery in that sort of field where you've got large workforces that are inherently putting themselves at risk on the daily. It's very safety focused, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Is that, that's a direction that Next World's going to stay on or are you guys branching into new areas or what's the future hold there? Yeah, not doing open heart surgery. Well, there's Very medical. There's there is medical VR, medical isn't ones, there? Yeah. What was the vast bit? The medic. Oh, there are. That's right. I literally was. I was going to ask the same question because yeah. Yeah, yeah, are you going down that path? Because there are. I know surgeons like do VR for like open heart surgery and stuff like mm. that. There's a practice tool, which is, I guess you definitely want them to know what they're doing before they <laughs> open up the yeah. open up your chest and oh yeah, yeah, I'm just having to dig around. In I've here. heard they've actually uh, increased their success rates. By doing the back of it, yeah, off the back of That's VR cool. training because Makes they sense. get, I guess, more more experience and hands on with it. So interesting. You, um, you're not going down that path, or you? Oh, look, like we, our, our, we've got some medium term goals and some long term goals, right? So um, our medium term goal is to um, obviously build out our existing library, but we've just uh, partnered with a soft skills developer, uh, development studio rather. Um, and that'll expand our library to cover all different types of uh, soft skills related training, such as you know diversity, inclusion, bias, oh, yeah. um, interview skills, a whole bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, it starts to get you thinking a bit more outside of just the safety space and go, okay, like we can we can evolve this to be a full end to end workplace training solution. Um, and then the long term strategy is to, to think, okay, well. What what is what does the typical training matrix look like of an organization and go, how do we cover the entire thing in VR? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, an organization then has a one-stop shop for basically everything they need as far as an immersive learning strategy is concerned. That's cool. But not nothing for open heart surgery at this stage. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, how, like I guess to the extension, I mean, that's really going out there. I mean, they've been doing that stuff for decades, yeah. I think, and like, you know, I know many, many years ago, I saw like the defense force have been using virtual reality. Mm. You're not creating a war at the back of you of, yeah. you of your office. You've sort of got to put people in that place so that they're prepared for when stuff goes south. But, you know, if someone is an organization, you know, whether it's an RTO or like, how should they, if they're thinking of doing this, what's their approach to you? You know, you've obviously got your library, but mm. they might have a view of something they really want to 
try? What's the process of engaging with you? Like, or how, how do you think somebody should start if they want to use it in an organization? How do you think they should start? Yeah. Um, I think the best place to start is to walk before you run. Yeah. It's a introduce the technology to your team, uh, in a, in a bit of a pilot phase or a proof of concept, uh, across various, maybe different departments or different, uh, major cities or whatever that might be, whether that's just within Australia or different parts of the world. Um, and first of all, just test the viability of it. Yeah, get get comfortable with it and slowly introduce it to your trainers so that they, they understand it and are able to get some metrics on that, get some good feedback. Um, we, we do a lot of uh, f- uh, feedback collection along the way too when we work really closely with our trainers. Um, and that, that really tells us um, what's important to them, uh, things that are working well for them, all that type of stuff. And then we can look at uh, taking that next stage after that to go, great, this has worked really well for you. This is what your people are saying. Here's some metrics and results. Here's how many people you've trained over that time. Here's an indicative return on investment um, using the tech. Uh, let's look at a phase phase two or a phase three and, and then just slowly scale from there. Be- because... It's software. Software is scalable, right? So you can start as small as you want or can go as big as you want. Yep. So it's definitely got that expansion capability with it too. So I'd say, you know, anyone thinking about jumping into VR, uh, first of all, like get in touch with us, have a conversation and let us know your goals. Like what are you actually looking f- looking to achieve? What pain points are you looking at overcoming? Um, what sort of safety uh, objectives do you, do you want to achieve this year? Those are really interesting starting points and then going, okay, like we can help you solve those with this, this and this. If there's areas that we can't achieve with our library, uh, we can always have a conversation on a custom piece as well. And uh, the, the best place to start there too is to, uh, w- we look at documentation you might have. So you might have a process or procedure or a training package already in place or even a unit of competency, right? And then go, okay, like we can look at that and then reverse engineer the best parts that are going to be relevant for VR and then put together um, a, a storyboard based on that, uh, work really closely with your subject matter experts to go, okay, cool, are we on the right track with this? Are we hitting yep. all your learning objectives and what's important to you? And then we can hit that, uh, hit the creation phase of that and get our developers on board and like build it up from scratch and create the virtual environments, the analytics, the learning outcomes, the interactions, all that type of stuff. So, yeah. What about the, uh, where it's going? Like now, you know, Matt mentioned before, obviously like we, we implemented it. It's a value add to our training programs. Mm. I've read about the fact that there's new technology coming where it's tracking eyes and you've mentioned there's other stuff that you guys are working on can you explain a bit about that for me like because that's going to change it even further isn't it like i feel like that's an 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 innovation that's going to actually change how it's used in education specifically yeah 100 percent. like that there's so much that you can track and uh improve on right and how are we doing that well one way the next world are doing it where we're through for example hazard identification right you might have uh, a, a risky workplace warehouse, mm. right? And what we can do is put that student inside that virtual environment. And there might be a number of hazards throughout that environment. And what we can do is we can, we can track their, uh, their gaze and what hazards they're looking at oh, yeah. 
right? And also understand, did they just glance at that or did they really observe it and look focus. at it? Focus. Yeah. Focus on it, yeah? Yeah. So it's uh, compare focus tracking or gaze tracking, whatever you want to call it, to eye tracking. So eye tracking is my head is still, right? I'm, my head is locked and still, but my eyes dart left and right. That, that's eye tracking, mm-hmm. right? But that, that's not typically how people really focus on something. If they're focused on something like that cup, they will, they will sit and stare at it and put their whole attention towards it. Yeah. So we, we choose more of the focus tracking where more of their attention is towards that object. Is that already existing now though or is that something that's being implemented as yeah, you go, we, like we, that, that part of it? Yeah, we have uh, focus tracking built into our technology right now and, okay. and we do uh, present those findings uh, on our analytics database. And that's just scratching the surface of, of what's yeah. really possible. Well, I read that it was about, I guess, specifically it was being used in an education setting to uh, provide assessment, essentially. Mm. Like like you said, if there's a, an environment or whatever it is, the situation, that a trainer can be engaging with the student and assessing them on certain things yep. at the same time. So rather than it just being an experience for them and in the learnings, there's there's an actual opportunity to assess them within it. And, and that complements the overall potentially, they map that back to a unit of competency and, and form part of the evidence for that assessment. Um, I thought that was super interesting because that, as far as I'm aware, that's not being done now. Mm. Um, but this was something that I read about recently as to where it could potentially go. For, for us, as like a training organisation with assessing and like the record keeping of assessments yeah. and all mm. that stuff, that's why it's... It provides a different element. Yeah, and if we have to keep a record of our assessments and we can, that's part of the assessment criteria that we can build in and keep a record of. Mm. When we get audited, we can always, you know, there's obviously a record or, you know, I, my view of this may be, may be wrong, but if you're an organisation and you, whether you're a training organisation or just a company that's decided to embrace it, if you have an incident where the person's been through this training, mm. you know, you can come back to that and have a look and go, well, you know, what happened? Was it just an incident? They, there was a mistake or was there other elements? Because when they were doing this training, are really good or maybe we missed something when they were mm. doing this mm. yeah that's that, right like that that tracking piece is is going to be important as it evolves yeah absolutely and you 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 touched on the unit of competency there too and um you know we we use those uh to an extent like obviously we can't capture the whole thing a hundred percent yeah because uh, going back to what i mentioned earlier like we can't address the reality component of of mm. the actual training from a uoc perspective but we can get part of the way there, yeah. say 30, 40% or whatever it might be. But on our analytics platform, like how, how, do, we, how do we show evidence of mapping that? Well, we, we do it through the questions that, that the student gets presented with within, yeah. within the yeah. experience. Yeah, of course. And there's, there's, there's a record of that then, not yeah. only from that cognitive understanding, which I mentioned before, but yeah. we're also showing then the behavioral metrics of that as well. And then areas of improvement. It's like, okay, like this person's, doing really well but they're taking a long time to yeah. answer things so especially in the moment like that's yeah. it's real right it's in the moment of them doing something so it's it's recording it at a whole different level exactly yeah so we can see all right like yes the student got it correct but they might have sat there for a minute yeah. contemplating the answer so it's just it's interesting the additional data that you can get from that and to think also like this is this is early days you know, yeah like the the future uh, 
you know, use your imagination, but like you, you can, you can go so deep and so far with it. Like we're collecting like 10,000 points of data in during any one experience. Yeah. We've got so much data. Like, well, <laughs> what do we do with all this? You yeah. know, and we need to create meaningful ways to then present that. Yeah. You know, and over time that's only going to get more detailed and more interesting. Um, and then also like, you know, working with, uh, you know, RTOs like yourself, it's like, guys, what do you want to see as as trainers and business owners and what's important metric-wise for you to understand about your people? It might be from an organisation perspective, it might be, okay, well, what are the top five incidents that, that occur in your workplace? All right, they're this, this and this and this. Okay, cool. Like, And let's compare that to the top five incidents that or, or, or knowledge gaps that we see on our analytics from your students is there a correlation between those two things? Then yeah. we can understand, okay, like is, is then knowledge gap on subject resulting in real world accident? So if we can resolve knowledge gap, then we can keep people more safe on a, on a work site. Hmm. So it's going to be, you know, answering really compelling questions like that. And, and again, only getting more sophisticated over time, which is super cool. Yeah. It's been good. I, it blows my mind where we're going with this stuff. It's going to be pretty cool and exciting. Obviously, us uh, at Major, we're, we want to keep pushing the envelope. So we're, we're happy to be, I'm sure Matt will agree, we're happy to be guinea pigs and trialing new technologies and trialing these things out and, and putting them through their paces because I think it's um, it's all adding a lot of value and, and starting to change the way we think with these things. Mm. Um, I was just going to say, have you considered, and you might already be doing it, but have you considered having open days and the like to kind of invite different stakeholders, RTOs, industry to come and have a play around. And because we've mentioned, obviously Matt mentioned then to getting in touch with you to where to start. Mm. But uh, are you guys doing those types of things or, you know, maybe that's something to consider yeah, doing. But a- absolutely. We've, we've got uh, a program that we're running at the moment called a VR, uh, VR training day. Uh, so we, we come out to organizations and then do like a bit of a lunch and learn, but take a number of headsets with us, take yep. a, take the, uh, you know, various stakeholders in that organization through a quick learning experience. Um, so they understand the power of it. Like I mentioned before, not many people have gone through VR before and it's once they put a headset on and realize you get that like, ah, you know, that Light penny bulb. drop moment. Yeah. Of like, I get it now. Yeah. You know, and we need to have people have those, those moments of like, okay, I get it. All right. I see the power of what you're trying to do. Um, just looking at a, an image on on a computer screen or, or or a YouTube video of VR, it does not do it justice. Yeah, it's it's like trying to explain to people, um, you know, saying, "Oh, you should really go to Disneyland." They're like, "Oh, okay," but you can watch it on YouTube. And yeah, you can watch <laughs> Disneyland on YouTube. It's it's really cool, and you're like, oh, "Okay," but not until you actually go there and you're like, "Oh." okay, this is exciting, this is fun, I get it, because it is an experience. So yeah. it's shifting that that mindset for people. So yeah, I highly encourage if there's any of your listeners that want to um, reach out and yeah. um, jump inside a headset and, uh, and have a go, we, we can not only work with yourself uh, as well, but get a few of your team together and we, we can do a bit of a day of it couple yeah. of hours get all get, get them all together have a bit of fun does it cost anything to do that absolutely not no it's a part of you heard that it's free <laughs> <laughs> hayden says it's free <laughs> that part <No>. anyway <laughs> corey's gonna run the day for me while I sit, hey we can host stuff. margarita on the beach <laughs> definitely look uh as i said it's pretty exciting we appreciate you taking the time we'll we'll definitely add the the next world vr um links to our 
our episode when we post this up and and obviously if anyone's listening that wants to reach out to Hayden or the team or even to us if if you want to get some further information and how we've used it and the experience we've had um, more than happy to share that um but thanks so much for coming in My we'll pleasure. have to get you back again at some point so much to unpack with this stuff so yeah I could talk for hours about it VR but um yeah it's exciting future uh it really is and um again we're just scratching the surface of this and can't wait to uh see you know, the, the direction that it takes over time. It's uh, watch this space for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. That's the end of our episode. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram at Major Combos. Um, subscribe, give us feedback. Um, and obviously anything else you want to hear if you uh, enjoyed today's episode around the VR stuff and there's something else you wanted to hear about relating to this, we'd love to get Hayden back. So give us an excuse to call him. Um, thanks again. Thanks.